The Clemson Tigers' biggest test of the 2023 college football season begins on September 23rd when those Florida State Seminoles come to town. Where will they rank on the threat scale of 1 to 10? I'm going to tell you next on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Clemson family? Welcome back to the Locked On Clemson Podcast, your daily podcast covering your Clemson Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. You already know that I'm part of the co-host team of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast and the founder of the Scouting Room. Guys, thank y'all for making Locked On Clemson your first listen today and every day, Monday through Friday. Thank you for being the family, but also thank you for being the everydayers, our everydayers, and uh, nothing but love and appreciation, guys. But as I told you yesterday, as the show went yesterday, right, I'm going three by three by three. I'm going through the schedule in sets of threes, and I'm talking about each team, uh, that they that, that your Clemson Tigers have to face, and I put them on a threat scale. I created a threat scale one to ten, one being the the, the least amount of threat that the that the team opposes uh, poses to Clemson, and ten being the highest level of threat. And we got a fun show. We're getting all into the ACC. We have Florida State, the big matchup, right? We have Syracuse, and when we have, we're gonna close it out with Wake Forest, guys. So we have a fun show. Let's get it started. Let's get it going. All right, the Florida. State Seminoles. This is a game that everybody has marked. Yes, Duke, and, I, and I've talked Duke up, and I told you guys Duke, Duke was a good seven and a half. Uh, I think I'd say seven and a half on, on the scale, just because they're they're talented, and I think that you know the, the location, the the time of that game, all that good stuff, um, you know, makes it a, a, a difficult matchup, or, or could make it a difficult matchup. But I still expect Clemson to be favored and to win and win that game. This is the one. This is the granddaddy of them all right now. Because you talk about setting the tone. You talk about setting the table. It, Clemson versus Florida State. Florida State coming in to Clemson. And Florida State, if I remember correctly, also has a big matchup to start their season, uh, you know, on, on the, the night before we play. Uh, they, they, have, they, they have to play, I think it's a neutral site, LSU. So you talk about, you know, that, that's a tough matchup, right? You know, and then they got Boston College. Then they come into town. For, for the matchup with us. And I think for from a scale, just straight up, guys, just being honest, they're a 10 to me. They're the only 10 on this schedule. Florida State is a su- supremely talented. This is a team that you cannot take lightly in no way, shape, or form. And, and, and you know, from having a Heisman, you know, uh, candidate at quarterback in this, you know, that that's in your, the, in your conference and your league and everything. Right. But, you know, just everything that they bring to the table, guys, like I'm looking at this roster and, and they've done so well through the transfer portal. Okay. You know, you, you haven't Jordan Travis, like just, the, just offensively, you know, they, they're the real deal guys. Offensively, they are the real deal. So, you know, you, you, you listen to, and, and you know, 
you you listen to me and I tell you guys, listen, Duke is one thing, Florida State's another. They have Jordan Travis at quarterback, Trey Benson at uh, running back. They have three wide receivers that we have to be worried about. Uh, in the slot, Winston Wright Jr., a shifty, explosive slot receiver. Uh, Johnny Wilson, the big 6'7", 230, 235-pound wide receiver, right? Uh, Nate Wiggins, you know, had his hands full with him, but they, Nate Nate performed well, you know, uh, uh, you know, against the, the, the highly talented, highly talented Johnny Wilson, but then getting going over to the, to the trans, transfer portal and getting Keon Coleman from Michigan state, six, four, two, 10, two, 15 NFL pro ready body. And this young man can make plays in the slot out wide back shoulder fade. He can jump over guys. Same thing with Johnny Wilson. So you talk about, you know, the one thing that that NFL coaches always talk about is big body receivers. You typically say they're not covered. They are always open. You just got to trust them and put the ball in the in, in the in the area code, right? I, I every time, anytime I scout guys, I put area code wide receiver because they play outside of their area code, right? Like this is a guy that you know outside of their frame, and and that means like, hey, just put it in my area code, quarterback. All right, Jordan Travis, just put it where I can get it, you know, and where he can't reach it. But I'm six seven. I'm Johnny Wilson, you know. My I have thirty six inch arms and and a seven two wingspan, you know. They can't run. They can't jump with me. Like I can, I can go get it. So you know, they have two guys like that. And then the 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 the, the guy that that probably isn't going to get a lot of the pub, but he's dangerous. And that's Jaheim Bell, the tight end. Listen, this young man. They use him. I always my comp for him was kind of like Aaron Hernandez coming out of Florida. For you know, for those who remember when you know he was with the New England Patriots and you know things like that. You know, rest in peace to him. But that was one of the things. Um, like Aaron, Aaron Hernandez did everything in Florida. Like he lined up in a slot, lined about wide, lined up at tight end, H back, right? He would take handoffs, okay? He would do everything. He did the same thing when he went to the New England Patriots. And and Jaheim Bell do, has done that for the University of South Carolina, you know, under uh, it was a Shane Beamer with, with Spencer Rattler and those guys. He would do similar things like that. Get, he would get in shotgun, you know what I mean? Some pistol behind, with the quarterback and take inside hand, you know, inside runs, inside zone. You know, halfback dive. He would run the ball like a like as an actual running back, and then they'll you know of course put him in the slot, put him at H back, get him the ball, and he's got speed. So this is a team that like you talk about that versatility. That's a headache for a defense, man. That is an absolute headache for a defense, and that's one of those things where you have to figure out how to defend. Like for you have to think about it from this aspect, and then they have this 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 freaking like freshman. Like Hakeem Williams, who like I think he's a five star, one of the best players in the country, six two over two hundred pounds at wide receivers. So they have some ballers on offense. Okay, so when I say a ten, guys, I mean that with my whole heart. They are a ten. You hear me? And I, I like again, you could, this is a situation where I said from from a from a, um, from a NFL standpoint, right? Coaching, you you say, okay, what do they do best? And how do we force them to do what they don't like to do, right? Like, what's their weak What's their weak point, okay? Like, do they want to rely on the run game? Do they want to run Trey Benson 40 times? Or do they want to pass it 35 to 40 times? What do they want to do? And then you try to – you take that away. What's the one thing that they that, – that's their strong suit? You take that away and you make them and you basically force them, right, in a sense – 
to play what we call handicapped. So you got to figure out how to do that. And I think the defensive line is going to be big. Uh, they have Robert Scott uh, Jr. at left tackle uh, battling, I think, with Bless Harris. Uh, but they also have uh, you know, um, Casey Roddick, who's a senior. You know, both of you know, Bless is a senior, redshirt senior. Casey Roddick's a redshirt senior. Marie Smith's a redshirt junior. Uh, so they have talented veterans on the offensive line. But here's what the, here's what the thing is. So for me, with the offensive line, this game, like I would say, the game is well, games are won and lost in the trenches. Rook, Tyler Davis, Justin Masco, Xavier Thomas, um, Peyton Page, all those guys, TJ Parker, the young kid, all those guys on that defensive line that are going to rotate in are going to be pivotal because containing Jordan Travis. Listen, we we watched Johnny Manziel play. For those who who, who saw this young man play, he just played backyard football. John Jordan Travis does the same thing. I would say he's probably a better athlete than 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 Johnny Manziel. Too quicker, quick twitch, explosive, dynamic. Like he he's very Houdini esque, right? Bryce Young in in that realm too. That you can that kind of give you paint that picture. Whereas like you think you have him if you got a free runner, and then boom, he pirouettes, he spins off of it, right? And now he's on the on the boundary. He's looking to make a throw downfield, and then he he fakes out your 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 DB or, or your defenders. Now he's running for fifteen yards, first down. Right. Like he had a crazy play like that against us, I think, last year. So I think that's probably the biggest thing is that we have to contain him, play him. Well, this is what you do. Utah in, in, in the Pac-12 championship game, albeit it was kind of a hobbled um, Caleb Williams. What they did was what we call cage rushing in the south. You know, we call it mush rush where you don't get out of your lanes. You just collapse the pocket, but don't overrun. Right. So you just kind of slowly collapse the pocket on the quarterback. Don't give him any outlets. Don't give him any way anywhere to run. Don't give him any back doors or side exits or let me jump out the side window. No, don't give him any of that. Make him play from the pocket. Because the one thing that I do struggle with when evaluating Tra- Jordan Travis is I wonder I, I wonder how consistent he can be if you force him to play from the pocket. The same way I felt about Johnny Manziel, same way I kind of felt about um, you know, Bryce Young, where if, if you start to contain them and you play good good, good coverage and they're not able to run around and you know be Houdini and, and, and do all these magic tricks and stuff, how can, can they play within structure at a high consistent level? And you know, Johnny Manziel couldn't. And Bryce Young, I think, has the opportunity, has the potential, uh, but he hasn't shown it in preseason. And we just got to see that from Jordan Travis. And I think this, that's the plan from a defensive standpoint is to go ahead and, and handle it that way, guys. But listen, defensively, they're talented as well. They're very talented on the defensive side of the ball. And we all know, you know, we got nose tackle Fabian Lovett um, and, and, you know, Brandon Fisk, uh, but also the big, the big guy, you know, Jared Verse. You know, a potential top 10 pick in the 2024 NFL draft. They have good corners, Akeem Dent uh, as kind of that, that, that strong safety. Listen, at the end of the day, guys, they are a 10 on the, on the scale. They are a 10, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm worried about that game. I'm worried about that game completely, guys. But like I said, Florida State, that is, is kicking off. That, that's the game. September, September 23rd, you get to those first three games undefeated, that's the game that you got to take care of. That's the team that you got to knock off. If you're a Clemson Tiger fan, you got to be ready for those Florida State Seminoles. But, guys, you want to talk about being ready. Anytime you have a big emotional game, 
you got to you got to prevent for a letdown. And Syracuse believes that they can knock us off. Their quarterback was talking about that this offseason. So we're going to talk about Syracuse and where they rate on the threat scale. Coming up next on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Better Help, guys. Sometimes in life we're facing with we're faced with tough decisions, and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate your life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement trusting yourself to make the, the, the those decisions that align with your values it's like anything else the more practice you give it the easier it gets and, and for those that, that that struggle with trauma and everything else it's helpful to learn positive coping skills right you need that it's, it's very helpful to learn those positive coping skills and how to set boundaries as it empowers you to be the best version of yourself it isn't just for those who experience the biggest and major trauma so if you're thinking about starting therapy give better help a try so I'm, I'm telling you now let therapy be your map with better help visit betterhelp.com slash locked on college to get 10 percent off your first month that is better help slash locked on college h-e-l-p slash locked on college the syracuse orange guys they are next up on the schedule after that big emotional game versus Florida State with all the pressure, all the marbles early in the season, week four. How will the Clemson Tigers handle Syracuse? Will they walk into this game just drained emotionally, mentally, physically, everything else after a heavyweight slugfest with Florida State? If so, Syracuse could pose a, a decent threat. And just in general, for me, I give them, I put them on a scale of what? From one to ten. They're on the they're they're at maybe five. They're at five. And I think they're they have a good coach. I think they're well coached with Dino Babers. They have a dual threat type of quarterback with Garrett Schrader. Uh, he, he's not the, the greatest passer, but he he's well experienced, you know, senior and everything. But they have some weapons, you know, big, big kind of wide receiver slot hybrid, Oronde Gadsden, the second. You know, he's he he plays kind of the tight end. Uh, slot wide receiver, but a guy can move a uh, great catch radius. Uh, you think about finding the soft spots in zones and, you know, beating, you know, especially in the slot, if you put a smaller nickel on him, that's a mismatch for, for, for the big fella. So you have to, like, he's the number one, to me, the number one receiving option on this team. There's no more Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker's uh, in, in Tampa Bay with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, trying to earn a roster spot there. But, you know, they have uh, Quint, LaQuint Allen, who's a sophomore. So we got to see how this run game will look because we knew there was Sean, when Sean Tucker. He was explosive, dynamic, runaway type of running back. And you just got to see what happens with him, you know, you know with, 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 with LaQuint Allen and how different it'll look. But it's going to start and stop with, you know, the, the connection of Garrett Schrader and and uh Oronde Gats. And that's going to be the, the 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 connection, right? And I, I expect, you know, this is a situation where I expect probably Nate Wiggins um to be the guy to to if if he's cool moving into the slot, you know, um to you know, he he he's handled Johnny Wilson. So, uh handing another 6 foot, I think Oronde is like 65. Yeah, 652, I think it's like 230, 225 somewhere in there. Yeah, 225. 65225 big slot you know i think you take away him and, and you force Garrett Schrader to then get the ball to Isaiah Jones who's a redshirt senior into Damian Alford and Umari Hatcher DeMarcus Adams and Donovan Brown you know get force him to 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 throw the ball to guys that you 
no, he may not have the best chemistry with him. His chemistry is going to probably be outstanding with Oronde Gatson, but you want to take him away and force him, force uh, Garrett Schrader to make those. You know, I, one thing is one thing about him. I think we we beat him five times in a row, right? And, and I think the biggest thing with Garrett Schrader is he's he's not the most accurate, and, and, and just from a progression standpoint, he doesn't tick like like a sprinkler. He doesn't tick 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 and get to his go get to get through his reads and get the ball out. I feel like he he stares. I think he's he's kind of a, been a one read type of quarterback. And like I said, but he can run. He can improvise. He's a big body, so we got to you know keep him uh, caged in as well. But I think what you do, he's a guy that I wouldn't even mind them lighting him up in terms of sending the blitz, send pressure, right? Get because he, it, I don't trust his processing as it is. So it's like, okay, if I speed up your process, how will that look then? You know, how will things work at that point? And I think that's where my mindset is a little bit is just you know speeding him up. And forcing him to make quicker decisions, uh, you know, and, and that typically when you do that with guys who don't process information well and read coverage as well, that typically forces uh, them to make mistakes such as uh, holding on to the ball, throwing interceptions, potential, um, you know, strip sacks because they're holding on to the ball and they allow pressure to get back there. So I, I expect, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Coach Goldman does uh, send send some blitz packages and some some extra try to get some free runners uh, at the quarterback. But I think, you know, the offensive line is going to be, you know, a big thing for them. You know, there's no more um, uh, Matthew Bergeron. You know, he, he, he was a left tackle last year. He, uh, they have a new starting left tackle, right? So that's where I, you know, I look at, all right, and Xavier, Xavier Thomas is kind of on a roll, you know, through the first four weeks to, into, head, head into this game, right? I might, you know, with this redshirt sophomore, Enrique Cruz Jr., or if they went with the redshirt senior, Mark uh, Petrie, Whoever they put at that left tackle spot, it's going to be a new. That's going to be new for them playing that position, playing starting at that position, right? With Matthew Bergeron gone, so I would say I wouldn't expect. I would expect, or I would even uh, kind of get creative with it and flip Justin Maskell and Xavier Thomas. Don't get my best edge rusher on uh, a potential mismatch or potential weak link weak link in the offensive line. So that's kind of how I would handle that, guys. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, this is, again, I give them a five. This all depends on how Clemson comes out of that Florida State game. Um, you know, and get, don't get it twisted. Syracuse played us very tough last year, right? It took Kate coming in, uh, you know, kind of give him a little bit of a spark. He didn't play particularly well, right? But, you know, his running ability, you know, getting, uh, you know, hit out of the pocket and stuff like that getting some flags drawn and, and, and getting that luck on our side to get out of that game with a win. But this time around, you know, defensively, they lost their star, their star, their star, their star corner uh, and Gary Williams. He's in, with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so it's just, this is a defense that has some veteran talent, but I, I just don't, you know, Braylon Ingram is a guy that I, you know, the, at the left defensive end spot that I'm keeping my eyes on for sure. But overall, I, I'm not too worried about them from a defensive standpoint. They, in terms of, do I believe that with this new offense and the weapons we have, they can give us some trouble? And it might be a little, you know, it might get us, you know, kind of make it a slow start maybe. But I think eventually this game, you know, will, will turn out to be what it is. Now it is going to be on the road. So the defense will have the, the crowd on their side and everything. But at the same time, I'm not extremely worried. Okay. I'm not extremely worried whatsoever. Uh, I, like I said, I give them a five, but I, I think that they'll be a solid test, but it's just all depending on how, how, the, how, the, how the Florida state game goes, how Clemson comes out of that matchup guys. But we have one more game on the schedule and that's those 
Wake Forest Demon Deacons, a team that gave us everything they had last year in a shootout with uh, Sam Hartman and DJU. And crazy enough, neither one of those quarterbacks are in uh, or, or with their teams. Uh, Sam Hartman at Notre Dame and, and uh, DJU, of course, at Oregon State. So where do they rank on my 1-10 to 10 threat meter? I'll tell you next on the Locked On Clemson Pod. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because, guys, right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets back every time they win in the regular season. Let me repeat that, and let me rewind myself and tell you again. If you bet on the Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and that doesn't matter if it's the Dolphins, the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, the Minnesota Vikings. It doesn't matter. All you have to do is bet on a Super Bowl winner, and every time they win in the regular season, you'll get bonus bets for every single victory, and you can use those bonus bets on everything from spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So go and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to bet on your Super Bowl winner. The Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Last year, you know, like I told you guys, you know, teasing this, you know, ending the last segment to this segment. They gave us a run for our money. It was an absolute shootout last year with Sam Hartman and DJU out there just going throw for throw, bomb for bomb, and it was just it was an exciting game. This year, neither one of those quarterbacks are there. Of course, you know your starting quarterback, Kate Clubney, but they have uh, Mitch Griffiths, redshirt sophomore, who's starting this offense. And if I can give them a grade off the top uh, of this this segment on the threat meter, I would say a six. Um, I, I don't think they're a, a high threat. I don't think they're uh, going to be a pushover. I think their scheme offensively, being that that spread, deep, slow mesh RPO, is is so frustrating. It's so difficult to defend, right? And, and we saw that last year. Even with the talented defense that we have, uh, you know, they were still able to put up a lot of points, right? And, and make throws downfield, make throws at all levels of the, of the of the defense. But it starts with that run game and the RPO game, the slow mesh. Um, you know, inside zone type stuff that they run with Justice Justice Ellison, who's their top running back. He's a talented running back, one of the one of the more talented guys in the ACC. Um, you know, very good footwork. He's patient, so we got to stop him first, right? But you can't get enamored with with with, with stopping him because as you, as we know, that deep let deep mesh. Well, we've seen Sam Hartman do it. They just ride the mesh point with the running back, and they just creep into the line of scrimmage into the to the offensive line, and then he pulls the ball out and he throws a slant or he throws a, a, a you know a crossing pattern or or uh, in cut whatever or or deep ball if if the cornerback's eyes are in the backfield. Now there and the reason why I also give him only a six, I think it would be a six point five maybe seven. If they didn't, if they uh, had not lost their redshirt junior wide receiver Donovan Green, uh, you know, a report came out, you know, I think it was like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think it's a leg injury for him. Again, another injury for this young man. He's so talented, so explosive, so athletic, big body. He looks like an NFL wide receiver right now, and he would have paired perfectly with the other NFL wide receiver that they have in Jamal Banks. Um, you know what I mean, and things of that nature. But uh, losing him is big, especially when you have a, a new quarterback who needs his his full slate of weapons. Losing losing a guy like Donovan Green, and, and they said three months, uh, that's pretty much the whole season, right? Unless Wake Forest made it to the college football playoffs, which I don't foresee happening. Yeah, that's pretty much the whole season. So this young man is probably going to just – 
have to come back for his redshirt senior year unless he decides to go to the NFL and try to get healthier for, you know, the combine and all that. So, I mean, losing him is a huge blow to this offense. And defensively, I think they're okay. I mean, their best player to me is their, cor- their junior cornerback, Kalen Carson. He's got a lot of NFL draft buzz. Um, you know, the scouts are already kind of getting their eyes on him. Uh, you know, like I said, he's, he's a true junior, I believe. So he still has a whole nother year left uh, to, to, you know, to come back to college or go – to the NFL, but um, I think that's the, like I said, I give him a, a six just because of the scheme and, and that's that that deep mesh RPO, the the spread attack and everything. I do think that their defense plays fast. They run at kind of four two five, uh, four D linemen, two linebackers, five DBs. So I think the run game will be big in this game um, for Clemson. But a lot of times it's all you know that four two five is essentially a, a six man front you know on, on the D line and in the front seven. Those linebackers have to trigger downhill, fill their gaps, fill their running lanes and their responsibilities, and, and they'll be okay. Um, you know, instead of t- in, in terms of trying to stop and slow down the run game, but I think Will Shipley, Phil Maffa, get those guys, you know, beat those guys up, you know, early in that game, allowing Cade the the RPO game, the play action, the deep passing game, and get that going and, and really start cooking. So I'm I'm definitely, like I said, I give them a six mainly because of the the offensive scheme. Um, and, and like I said, they do have some talent uh, on the offensive side of the ball with, with their run game, and, and, st- and now their top wide receiver in Jamal Banks. Uh, I expect to see a nice battle between him and Nate Wiggins. But at the end of the day, like I said six on the on the threat on the threat meter. That that's not too bad. It's not too bad. It's not that's not something that you lose sleep over, right? I think this is a game that you know early on it might be a little con- you know a little little uh, contested, but uh, you know through the second quarter into the third quarter, uh, I think. Clemson starts to pull away in this game. But, you know, I'll preview it, of course, the game week and all that good stuff after we see uh, both teams and, you know, any injuries that may happen and so forth and so on, guys. But, listen, that is our show, man. Like I said, I'm going through the schedule. I'm doing matchup grades there, uh, right now, guys, and and I'm having fun with it. Uh, Wake Forest getting the six on the scale of that scheme. Some of their offensive weapons can pose a threat, but they're not anything to lose sleep over. Syracuse, what did I give them, like a five? Uh, I think that they're well coached. They're going to be tough. Their venue's going to be tough that place is going to be rocking uh in Syracuse New York but I still don't think that they're they, they're talented enough to give us the biggest run for our money this year with a new improved offense for your Clemson Tigers and of course the 10 on the meter the only 10 I think that probably will we'll see I gotta go through the rest of the schedule but the first 10 it goes to Florida State I think they are a big time threat we got to prepare and prepare accordingly because if not these guys can walk out of Death Valley with the W. But guys, go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it is, as, as it is available. Hit the bell notification once you subscribe. Like, talk to me uh, in the comments, because I do talk back. But hit the bell notification so that you are notified anytime I drop content on this channel. Uh, guys, you know, I thank y'all for making Lockdown Clips and your first listen today and every day, Monday through Friday, man. Uh, come back tomorrow. We're going through the next three games on the schedule, which are Miami, North Carolina State, and that big matchup versus Notre Dame, Sam Hartman again. We got to see this guy again, all right? Okay, let's see how it works out with, without the, being in that kind of uh, weird QB-friendly kind of offense that he's ran in Wake Forest. But we're going to talk about those three games tomorrow, and they're going to be rated on the threat meter. But as always, on Twitter, you can find and follow me there, DP underscore NFL. Talk to me because I do talk back. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network.